find multi- try and find as many things you're grateful about every day, even though you're probably not going to necessarily be, you're not going to be grateful about the way your boss is treating you or with those types of things. But even if it's your chair, you know, or you've got a great stapler, whatever it is, it's like find those things. Welcome to the Resilient Faith at Work podcast, where you will find and apply God's wisdom to your work. I'm Ken Kennard, and our team at Voca Center aims to inspire, challenge, and equip you to follow Jesus in the vocational dimension of your life. Hey, a big shout out to our generous listeners who become donors and make this work possible. We're so grateful, especially at this time of year, for your support. Voca funders sign up to change lives by changing work. And if you want to partner with us to reach more workers, invest in Voca. You can do that by going to vocacenter.org give. That's vocacenter.org slash give and join us today. It's that time of year when our attention naturally turns to gratitude. And this episode is all about turning thanks being into thanksgiving. The conversation began with Chip sharing a photo of his first grandchild born just a few days before we recorded this episode. And Sarah and I agreed he's adorable. Let's listen in. I'm trying to chat a picture of the baby yay mm, yay james charles now what's the name is it going to be james charles is it going to be jc is it going to be jimmy is it going to be chip is it going to be j chip i don't know jay i'm just Chuck? making st- i'm just jay throwing Chucky? stuff out there jamie it's Chuck? gonna i think they call him james a lot okay and um oh in the in the cradle you made i know I can't believe how oh. tiny he is. <laughs> tiny little guy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you need that. You need that picture uh, every week. I know. <laughs> and I think he's smiling. Of course he is. He's like yeah. my grandpa made this. Yeah, craftsmanship that, like that. That's what he's thinking. Yeah. He he knows good craftsmanship. Papa Rope Papa Ropes was here. Yes. So. so they're they're home and they're doing great and it's super 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 fun. Good. It's funny. I just, I find myself, like, I find myself jogging a little faster. Like, I want to be in good shape to enjoy my grandson. <laughs> I, I don't want him to think his grandpa is a putz. Yes. You know? Right. Right. Um, <laughs> like, like all infants tend to do. When... Well, yeah, that's right. Like, they think, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, there is, there's a lot to be said uh, for grandparents who can get down on the floor with their grandchild. Oh my gosh! And, yes. and then get back up again. That's right, without assistance or an, a- an ambulance or a device <laughs> or a crane. Yeah, that's right. No device, no human assistance, no ambulance. Yes, they can get yeah. down and get back up again. I think that's unassisted. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's that's good. That's really good. So life Chip, goals. So Chip, it sounds like you have a lot to be thankful for this holiday season. We do, and it's we're uh, expecting to see the baby on Thanksgiving too. So it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Wow. And it's a kind of thankfulness that's actually like, I just see him. I just, a, I don't really know what to say. Mm-hmm. Like it takes your, you just, a, it's just such a wild thing. And it brings all the memories back of having our kids. And, and then, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to put it into words. All it's all, it's almost, there's like a sense of awe to it. That's a little bit beyond what I would call gratitude. Yeah, you you said it's it's brings back all the memories, but it's different. What's the different part for having a grandchild versus your own kids? 
while you're watching it happen mm. as opposed to ex- being in the middle of it so yeah. that's mm-hmm. different and it's weird because it's similar but it's not because you're not there and you're not the one that's totally exhausted yeah and you're not the one that's coming home and adjusting to this whole new reality it's so it's it's like you're watching it happen so that's amazing and just to see how great our our son-in-law and our and brie like ben and brie just are they just are they took great they're just totally with each other and went through this experience together super supportive and honoring of each other and to see that's really cool and um and their joy mm-hmm. So it's not, it's part of my joy is seeing their joy. Yeah. And maybe yeah. more of it. Maybe that's more what it's about. So it's really oh. interesting. Um, that's really interesting. So, and it's fun. It's super fun. So, and I think, I mean, to be honest, I think it's just like, you're like, oh, okay, we're okay. So I'm grateful for that. So maybe that's relief, not gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> we're well, okay. There's a differentiation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But they're connected, you know. We yeah. experience relief with that we were grateful. Uh, they're they're connected. So we are talking about gratitude today, because it's Thanksgiving season, and and we are very grateful in our family, the arrival of James Charles. That's very exciting. But I'm just as we get into this a little bit, I'm wondering about um, for you guys. Are there any any specific gratitudey kind of things you do at Thanksgiving or during the season, and what are they? Because you're nodding your heads, which none of our listeners can see that you're so warmly smiling and nodding your heads. But trust me, folks, they are. They've got things to say. Yeah, we do have things to say. Uh, the Evers fam, we have a couple things that we do at Thanksgiving. We uh, have a pumpkin. We call it the gratitude pumpkin. Uh, it's not one that we carved for Halloween because that would be rotten and full of mold by now. Instead, it's a pumpkin we have not yet carved, and we write something we're grateful for each day in Sharpie around it. So you just add this trail of things you're thankful for. Wow. When do you start writing on it? November 1st. Hmm. And if we miss a day, that's okay. It's not ruined. We just pick up where we left off. Uh, and go for it. And sometimes everybody gets to share something and sometimes one or two people get to, you know, families are busy and travel and, but we do, we like to write something we're thankful for on the pumpkin each day. The gratitude pumpkin. Kind of like the great pumpkin, but not at all. Like the great <laughs> pumpkin from Charlie Brown. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> we have, we have, um, it's interesting Chip, that you talked about the next generation coming up and how the, the previous generation is different but similar. We actually have an old tradition and a new tradition uh, in our family. When I was growing up, we had what was called the Thanksgiving turkey, which is not the turkey that you eat. This is a flannel graph turkey. My dad was a children's evangelist. And so this is the flannel graph from back in the day. <laughs> yeah. And we did this every year. So for Shauna and everybody that's not from back in the day, can you explain what a flannel graph is? I'm, I'm about to, yes. So, so it's like a felt board that has pieces of other felt that are painted and very colorful, and they go on the board. It's like they just stick on the board, okay? Uh, a board, Velcro before Velcro. Yes, before Velcro. Like Pre-Velcro. Right. <clears throat> Pre-Velcro. Not as strong as Velcro. This could blow, on, blow off in a strict wind, but anyway... The, the, the design was a turkey that had 
feathers. And on the feathers are things you're thankful for. So one said food and one said Jesus and one said family and so on. And as different people would take a turkey feather, th as the, the, the ritual is that you go up and put the thing you're thankful for up on the flannel. And then after everyone's gone, of course, you have this beautiful turkey with all the feathers. That's the idea. That idea has changed a bit in the next generation. And one of the key changes was uh, Gen Xers basically said, don't tell me what I'm thankful for. I'll tell you <laughs> what I'm thankful for. So we needed something where you could write in, much like Sarah's doing, write in what you're thankful for instead of picking from a multiple choice menu of things that someone was telling you you had to pick from. So we have what's called a Thanksgiving tree in our family. And the tree has branches but no leaves. And the leaves are pieces of paper that you write on. And when you write the thing you're thankful for, you hang it on the tree. And over time, as Thanksgiving's approaching and beyond a little bit, you know, you can write what you're thankful for. And the ritual is to share what you're thankful for and put that thing on the tree. And so you, you end up with a very full colorful tree that has not only more leaves than the old turkey had feathers, but it also has things that you are actually thankful for not things that you felt obligated to be thankful for from a limited list. <laughs> so both of yeah. you have this writing thing going on. We yes. have a game that my mom facilitates every Thanksgiving where she, so my mom cuts out a turkey and tapes it to the slider door in our kitchen. And then she cuts out uh, feathers from paper and we write down what we're thankful for, but then she blindfolds us and spins us and like, Pin the tail on the donkey. We're supposed to put what we're thankful for, our thankful feather, on the turkey body taped to the slider. So we get a little bit of the uh, <laughs> the turkey thankfulness, the write your own thanks Thanksgiving thing, but we all do this on Thanksgiving Day after we eat. Wow. So you're a little dizzy. I'm a little dizzy right now. I can't believe all the like arts and crafts, hands-on things that you both do. This is a totally unrehearsed conversation, so we had no idea what was going to happen. And lo and behold, you both have physical rituals for capturing thankfulness in your families. That's totally wild. You guys might want to consider being on a team together. Um, <laughs> you know, um, when we're together at Thanksgiving, we all just say what we're thankful for before we eat and, and say, that's it. Like, that's a, we say a prayer and that's about it. So, um, and we haven't. Like last year, we Audrey and I went to Aruba for Thanksgiving. So, so if it, sometimes that is actually our tradition. Like if we can, that's a good time to get away. Um, and we met Devin in California one year on Thanksgiving, and um, some of those other things. In New York, we've had when we're here, we've had just dinner for whoever we can think of who needs a place to go, and that's really fun actually. And then, then when everybody goes around. Um, and tells tells their Thanksgiving story. Uh, it's really fun. So we love hearing the stories. And uh, one one year in New York, one one of the people said, "Let's tell you got to tell the story of when you a time you cried in New York, and then when you're feeling really grateful in New York to set it up." And everybody had a story about crying in New York. Um, mm -hmm. it, it was really funny, and uh, it's like everybody has a story about having your car towed in New York too. It's just part of living here, so it's really funny. <laughs> Yes. So storytelling, storytelling is what we've done 
when we do it, but we don't we don't make anything. I think you know you guys win. So Sarah, I know your your com- 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 competition is one of your strengths, and you win. So. <laughs> well, and, and here's what I I think all of us are trying to do with these rituals. We're trying to turn this into Thanksgiving, not thanks being. And I think a lot of times, you know, people will talk about gratitude as something I need to be thankful for that, or I'm, I, you know, I should be thankful. They, they will say things like that. And being thankful to me is like step one of a two or three step process. Being thankful is great, but actually giving thanks, right? Actually expressing it or making it tangible, physical, uh, turning it into something I think is the is the finishing touch that really drives it home um, and makes it a spiritual practice, makes it effective. And now you're starting to get the benefits of gratitude uh, once it's expressed. Yeah, that's good. It's uh, operationalizing it. And, uh, you know, for those of us who are task oriented, it's making it sure it gets done, <laughs> which is how you do it. That's how you be. That's how you actually practice it. There's a lot of noise and and there's a advocacy for gratitude as a as a mind mindset and um, as a way to and it's and it even gets applied to work and I'm wondering what you guys have heard about that where you, have you seen that you know what's what's some of the what's some of the science and the intel around gratitude especially gratitude at work and, and we talk about Thanksgiving and we, and it's once a year but like we go to work every day so what's gratitude look like at work do you think the what the what and the why of it. So research shows that a corporate culture of gratitude and gratitude, not just that people are hitting their sales marks, but authentic gratitude where you're grateful for who the person is, not just what they do. When you have that kind of corporate culture, culture that communicates appreciation, um, it's linked to um, more positive emotions at work, less stress, fewer health complaints, um, a greater sense that together we can achieve our goals. Uh, there's fewer sick days. There's higher satisfaction with uh, people's individual jobs and with their colleagues, which creates that deeper connection with others and with our work. So you get um, higher levels of employee retaining retainment because of mm-hmm. that. And there have been lots of studies about this. So uh, I was reading about one of the former CEOs at Campbell's who over 10 years wrote more than 30,000 thank you notes. And he made it a practice of every day running through, looking through corporate communications to write a note of appreciation to somebody who got a promotion or thanking partners. Uh, and that was just his, his habit of writing mm. thank you notes. And isn't part of that the need to be specific, like specificity. Absolutely. Because, uh, hey, I'm so grateful you're a good person doesn't make anybody feel good. But when you call out something specific, hey, thank you for making those pancakes for the pancake breakfast when our volunteers were working on that project. That helps people feel seen and valued and known and that their contributions are appreciated. Yeah. And I think the good news is that gratitude has emerged into corporate culture to some extent. Um, I was coaching someone recently and he realized that things weren't going well at work. And I just asked him a question. What do you what do you think would help? And he said, I think I really need it, need to lean into gratitude. Like I didn't even initiate that. It's what I was thinking, too. But the fact that it's in the in the land of work now that gratitude is effective people are talking about gratitude journals or gratitude practices i think we've achieved some level of awareness and and um, buy-in 
that about the studies that Sarah was just talking about. They, they've landed enough that people are identifying it and talking about it. It's not something we have to bring up as a new idea anymore. Now the question is, what are they doing with that knowledge? What do they do? Are they thanks being or are they thanksgiving? Are they really doing something like that person who was writing the notes or like the person who is giving those specific ways that they're thankful? That's where the money is. That's where you get the power of gratitude. Yeah, my wife, uh, Audrey, was doing in a season in her career where uh, the work culture was a bit rough. And um, and she was listening to you know somebody talking about gratitude. And the idea was just find something you're grateful about. Find multi- Try and find as many things you're grateful about every day, even though you're probably not going to necessarily be. You're not going to be grateful about the, the way your boss is treating you or with those types of things. But uh, and not to ignore it, but just like even if it's your chair, you know, or you've got a great stapler uh, or, you know, whatever it is, it's like always find find those things and and it's it's not saying ignore them or stay there forever it's saying like this is you know something we talk about a lot is resilience and so one of the keys to to being resilient under stress and strain is to find those things you're grateful for daily it's a daily thing well because it shifts your focus it shifts your focus from problems that need to be solved to things that are gifts to you or things that don't need to be ticked off of a list and that reframes situations. And you don't have to be thankful for having a difficult boss, but you can be thankful for what it produces in you or this new appreciation you have for your teammates that you all are in it together. Uh, so there's something about how it rewires our brains. Um, studies are showing that it uh, increases neuroplasticity. It rewires our brains. Um, and, and that it can reduce depression um, in individuals as it creates these structural changes. So um, practicing gratitude relies on those brain networks that are associated with social bonding and stress relief, which can kind of explain why gratitude can lead to these health benefits over time. So leaning into it has long-term effect. Yeah, and you know, Sarah, what's interesting about this client I was talking about it doesn't just have long-term effect for you as the one being grateful, but it also has long-term effect in others, those around you, as they're as you're expressing that gratitude. Um, I asked this client after a, after the coaching session we had, we had another one, where I followed up, "How is it leaning into gratitude? Tell me what did you do?" And he, it was like a 180. You know, he went from being depressed and stressed at work and burned out to having a joy-filled experience at work. And I said, what, what's the change? What's the difference? He said, well, it's amazing what happens when the people who work for you know that you are thankful for them and why. Mm-hmm. And that was just such a powerful testimony right there of, of not only it changed him, yes, all the reasons you mentioned, but it changed the working dynamic. It was a positive force for good in the culture. And when, when he experienced that, it just changed the way he showed up at work. He was lighter. He was freer. I could just see it in his body. That's really cool. Well, yeah. And that's, that, that affects culture. That's changing culture. When we start to pay attention to not always, when we're, we're looking for the good in our organizations, it, it has a payoff with the people around us. We start paying attention to different things. Hey, I have a question for you. How's your career going? Are you thriving in your current role or is it time for a change? 
The reason I ask is that we've helped hundreds of people navigate career transition, and we can help you too with a program we call Career Navigator. We developed the program because job search is fraught with so much anxiety. Clients often report that it's stressful to make the switch, and it's difficult to discern what direction to take. And there doesn't seem to be a clear path to move forward. With the Career Navigator, you get three things. Increased clarity, clear messaging about who you are and what you offer, and a plan that works. Our learning management system even has biblical wisdom on topics relevant to job search, including a unit on gratitude. So if you're thinking about getting some help with your job search, check out our Career Navigator coaching program at vocacenter.org slash career navigator. You don't have to do this alone. We can help. That's vocacenter.org slash career navigator. So there's all this research and there's, it's basically like this is become the wisdom of the day is to practice. It's a mindset. It's called a mindset. Practice gratitude. You'll be more positive. You'll create more positivity around you. Um, and there's nothing distinctly Christian about it. Um, in fact, it seems to me, it feels to me that the object, like the one we're expressing our gratitude to is left like, that's a blank. Like I'm grateful for, I mean, I might be grateful for you or Sarah or for you can't like something about you and I'm expressing, but it's almost like, um, so it's all, I guess, I guess the better way to say it is it's flat. It's two dimensional. It's all on the human plane. And we never talk about the idea of, I mean, it's just, it's just not mentioned anymore. And I mean, I understand that why I'm not actually railing against that. It's like, this is not a, we took the Christ out of Christmas rant. It's that it's just this idea that we don't have the sense a lot of time. We, what we've focused on is the practical benefits of gratitude. And we've taken the, this idea that ultimately like the reason why you're great at something is because actually God made you that way. And so it's not, I'm not just grateful for your, your effervescent spirit or your great questions, but God made you that way. And it's, it's not, it's not two dimensional, it's three, you know, or it's, it's not a straight line. It's a triangle and there's you and me, and then there's God and, and he's in all of that. What do you guys think about that? I mean, have you seen that too? Do you feel that? Yeah, it's it sounds like what you're saying is gratitude. The practice of gratitude is a spiritual practice where we can give glory to God. Well, we could, but I don't think that's the way it's framed ever. Yeah, but that's the opportunity. Right. So gratitude's actually bigger than we think it is. It's more powerful than we think it is that we're giving it credit for. If all we are focusing on is, oh, it made me happier. And, you know, the workplace is a nicer place to be. Which I do think... I think that is kind of the kindness of God, that when we live the shalom life, the the life of the redeemed, the, when we live out life in the kingdom, there are just natural benefits that happen. So when we live a life of gratitude, right, because we're practicing appreciation and praise and thanksgiving to God in our personal lives and our in our prayer lives, it's going to start to leak over into specific appreciation to the people around us. And you know, appreciation is simply acknowledging the positives in life, right? But I think gratitude is when you acknowledge that the good things in your life are as a result of others, yeah, <laughs> of other people's yeah. hard work, of other people's <laughs> gifts, of their their sacrifice or their volunteer or their effort. And so there's this gratitude about things that are outside of ourselves. Uh, and it's things that we don't have to solve, problems we don't have to fix, things we don't have to check off our list. So there is this 
um, lifting as opposed to feeling piled upon. Uh, I think gratitude just naturally lifts us. That's good. See, I think it's like if you practice just general gratitude, you go from, oh, there's always um, my to-do list is never done. There's all these problems, blah, blah. And you realize, well, that's not that's not the whole story. There's really some great things going on, too. And I can be thankful for them. And I can be specific about that. And then I have less anxiety and depression. And I'm a heck of a lot more fun to work with. So that's one one piece of it. I think uh, when you take it to the spiritual level and you include God in your gratitude practice, it pulls you out of of a wor- a flat world of scarcity, and it takes you to uh, an author I've been vamping on right recently called it soup. God is super abundant. God is mm-hmm. he baked it into creation, and he it's the way he made us. So all our talent, all our capabilities, all our all the uh, capacity we have to create value and to do th- amazing, creative, efficient, scaling things, all that's God-given. And so there's a God-given piece to that, our personalities and our talents and experiences. And then, you know, the way that plays out in the world is, is you know, it could play out a million other ways. And so we, we have to give him credit for that too. So it, it just takes us into a different mindset out of the sort of, you know, the world's burning down and blowing up, which it's that's true too, but it's, you know, that God's superabundance is still, we can experience that here and it can be part of our lives and, and it, it could shift our mindset, our, our, not just mindset, but our whole outlook on even what's real. Well, there's a common grace we all can experience in the midst of times that are characterized by wars and rumors of wars. Hmm. So Brother Lawrence, you guys heard of him? Mm-hmm. Practicing the presence of God. Yes. He suggested that at a really granular level, granular level, Gratitude looks like committing your tasks to God, the things you have to do in your work. Uh, and he was the kitchen guy, so he was dishes, probably sous chef stuff. Peeling um, potatoes. Yeah. And then when you complete the task, you thank God for that. Like you, that's every time you get something done is actually a moment where you can have a little liturgy of gratitude because God's given you capability to do that. And it's, Almost everything we do helps somebody else in some way, and that's a moment right there uh, to to thank him. And I think you guys know I have a gratitude journal. You know, every day I write at least three things I'm grateful for, and I've been doing that for three or four years now. And that, combined with a few other things, has really helped me deal with anxiety, um, like really taking it away. So I really think that there is that sort of rewiring your outlook thing, but. Um, because of brother Lawrence, I'm like, I'm, it's okay to write down. I'm really thankful that I got that done. Um, <laughs> and which is a recovering Enneagram three. It's, that's just a really, that, I'm grateful that that's okay. Well, and, and aren't you, are you, you're made in the image of God. What is God like about his work? Well, what we learn from the creation account is that God doesn't just make stuff and move on. He calls it good when yeah. it's good and he celebrates it and he even created a special day at the end of six days of that to just kind of rest and revel in it and glory in it and like that that's the model that's the model for for being in god and for being his image so what for better working way? working yes. and and in line with god's wisdom yeah so i don't think it's ever wrong to say about work hey there's something good about that. 
And there's something to, to celebrate about that, whether I did it or whether Sarah did it or anybody else did it. I think we can all sort of glory in it and, and delight in it and um, have fun with it, dare I say, have fun celebrating the good things that we get to participate in. When you guys think about this idea of gratitude, what do you think blocks you from being more grateful? Or as you, I think you said, I mean, actually, actually doing it, I guess, is a, or being it, being great. I don't, Ken, I'm still a little confused okay. on the being so, and doing thing. Yeah. So, so the, 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 the thought I had was that, um, sometimes we we end with thanks being like, I, I should be thankful for that. Okay. Yeah. Should. I'm thankful. Right. So then I think, okay, am I grateful for that? Yeah, I'm grateful. But if I don't ever actually give thanks or show the person or write the note or, you know, if I don't write that, that's why our family has the Thanksgiving tree, because it's not enough to be thankful. You need to express it to really let the person know, or even if the person's not even there, I'm grateful for my grandmother and she's been gone for a while. So I can't say it to her, but I can still write it. I can still do something. I can still pass on her legacy and tell people my, I can tell my children, one of the things I got from my grandmother is this, and I'm grateful, and I just want you to know that's part of your spiritual heritage. So I, I, I think that it's not enough, actually, to be thankful. I think we have to do the thing that expresses it and makes it real and tangible, and that's where the, that's where the benefit comes from, uh, even more than just the thought or the idea. Right. So beyond a, a, a should, beyond a, a, a quick passing thought, but kind of putting a stake in the ground and saying, this is the thing I'm thankful for and expressing it and even that's right. memorial, memorializing it in some way. Yeah. Like that. So my client, that's what my client did. I challenged him to do something with his gratitude and he set up a special meeting with all four of his direct reports. And that's where the benefit came from. It came from the special lunch that he created where he said to them, I, the purpose of this lunch is for me to express that I'm really thankful for you and here's how, and here's what yeah. it means to me. And it ended it up was, on his calendar. Yes. And that, lunch meeting ended up being the reason he could go back and say, gratitude changes our culture. It doesn't just change me. All right. So with that clarity, not just a passing thought, but actually expressing it back to, back to the harder question, what blocks you, each of you yeah. from practicing gratitude? Well, I can tell you what blocks me is that I don't always get my way. So when I don't get my way, I start thinking about that. I start thinking about why didn't I get my way? Who's blocking me? What kind of ignoramus are they? And <laughs> you know, why can't they see the truth? And you know, uh, or or maybe they do see the truth, but they're still not whatever listening to me enough or doing what I want. So when when I don't get my way, it's a natural opportunity to challenge whether I'm going to be grateful or not. And when I'm not, it's because I want to dwell on that whole not getting my way bit as opposed to dwelling on what you talked about, Chip, that the fact that someone else is in charge and is providing has already thought this through and has covered it and may, may even surprise and delight me with him getting his way instead of me getting mine. Maybe that's better. And I think for me, part of it is a reflex. What is my natural response to hardship or my natural response to feeling overworked? 
when I, when I get in those seasons where my margin is squeezed out, my natural response isn't gratitude that in the midst of that, I have a savior that I don't have to rescue myself, that, uh, my value isn't based on my output and my production. Like uh, that's not my natural mindset. Like that is a, that's a supernatural. My natural one is to feel overwhelmed and bowed down to the, the work or the, the stress, the supernatural, the Holy Spirit supernatural response is one where Jesus is the lifter of my head and where I can look up from all of that and appreciate um, difficulty. Not that I have difficulty, but in the midst of difficulty, I have a, a rescuer. And so I think part of it is that I, it's just not a natural mindset. And I haven't developed the consistent habit or discipline of in the midst of hardship, acknowledging the possibility of good or good outcome or hope. Yeah, that's 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 good too. I think that the, I mean, when we go through challenges and difficulty, that's a real, that's when it gets real, actually. You know, and that's when it it gets it's hard to operate operationalize gratitude. And I also think sometimes in Christian land, we always want to fast forward when when we're in it or somebody we know is in it, and we want to say you're going to be thankful for this someday, which is, you know, like. Don't do that. Like you got to go through the valley and feel the valley. And um, I think to say it suggests you're going through some terrible trial. You should be thankful in the middle of it for the trial. I think is is un- an unnecessary burden. When you're going through the trial, you could be remember other things you're thankful for, like in the past. But like if it's all haywire and chaos and you don't know how it's going to turn out, to say, oh well, you should be thankful for that. You know, and blah blah blah. Like that's just think that's. I feel like that's just pasting on a Christian bumper sticker. Uh, and it's not, you know, like the Psalm, like Job in the middle of his trials, or like, or the Psalmist when they, he's always falling apart every third Psalm. Like it's not, you got to go through the journey. Right. And sometimes we don't let people go through that. So I like that point. I was going to say two things, keep me from gratitude. So one, one is a mindset. I think I, I took away from my childhood, which was, you do the things you're supposed to do, your chores, so you can do what you want to do. So the whole point of it, everything, is to get check the boxes so you can go do what you want to do. The must-dos before the may-dos. But that makes the must-dos, basically, it's still a very individualistic life, right? Um, and it's, you know, it's how my parents managed me. I know. They had to get those. They wanted those dishes <laughs> to get done. Um, and... Things like gratitude or rec- like, it's just it just catered to some of my individualistic bent, I think. And so recognizing others and what they do, it's like that's a practice I've had to I keep having to work on. The other thing, well, I think before you, you, before you go to the other thing, can I follow up on that? Yeah. Yeah. What what's the shift that that gratitude offers that mindset? Well, it's it's because gratitude connects us to each other and to God, like we said. And so. You're, it pulls you out of the, you know, the spiritual orphan wandering alone, um, the isolated hero, um, and and shows you like you're not alone, and there's other people with you, which is a cause for gratitude, but it's also a benefit too, right? So, um, so I think that's that's my quick answer to that. The other thing, which you guys know well, is that we're not there yet. Well, there's always more to do, and like when it comes to like the work that we do at FOCA and, and other work that we do, 
it's just like I always feel like, yeah, we've made a lot of progress, but we're still 10 steps behind where I think we should be. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Should is a cruel master. It is a, it is a cruel master. I mean, we had the, we had our board meeting the other night and like people that, that just check in every now and then they're, they're always, they always say the same thing. Wow. You know, you've, you guys have made so much progress and you're doing so much good and all this kind of thing. I know that. And sometimes I feel it, but more, I feel like, but there's all this other stuff. We, you know, it's the, but there's so much more to do. And, um, so I think that's what trips me up. I think it's slowing down and saying at the end of the day, and it was good or is yeah. good and it yeah. is good. Yeah. And that's Enneagram three stuff, right? Like it's, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's never done. There's always more to do. And there's this myth that there's some point you're going to get to when it's enough. Well, good. This is a great discussion on gratitude. I wondered if we should, I thought we should just close out with just reporting out on some things you're grateful for as we end another year or look at the end of another year, 2023. I'm grateful for honest clients that are really doing the work. I'm learning so much from them. They teach me so much. And um, so that's the first thing I would say I'm grateful for. I'm also grateful for my children who reflect back to me what I'm like, what things they hear and what things they don't hear from me. And um, it's a joy and a challenge to live, to live with them in my lives. I'm really thankful for them. I'm thankful for a team that I'm not uh, out there on my own by myself, but I have a, a team of men and women that I admire, I respect, I trust, I learn from, uh, who have different gifts, gifts different from mine. I really love being part of this team. That's awesome. Well, I'm grateful for our team too, uh, a lot. And um, there's eight of us um, now, I think. Uh, depending on how you slice it, maybe 10. Um, but I'm grateful for everybody. But Ken and Sarah, you're on this. We're talking to this together. And I'm grateful, Sarah, for your enthusiasm. And I'm grateful that you tell me to speak louder when we're doing training. Uh, speak to the back of the room. Um, and there's a conscientiousness about you, about the, everything we do that, that I really appreciate that makes us better. And Ken, I, I really do think you... You ask the questions that need to be asked to make things better. And you do it over and over and over again. Like you continually deliver on that. And, um, and I also appreciate your willingness just to talk through things that where there's misses or miscommunication and be gracious and, and to work it out. So I, I really, I really am grateful for working with both of you and, and our whole, all the rest of our team. And I was thinking, I think Sarah and I were in Dallas a couple of weeks ago with a client. I was just thinking, We've been doing this a while, you know, it's not 20 years, but I think it, it, you know, it's been, we started talking, Ken and you and I started talking probably in 17 or 18 about actually doing stuff together. And then we started trying out some stuff in 19. So that's four years ago. And, you know, we get to do this, we get to minister in lots of different ways. And, you know, every now and then people pay us to get on airplanes and help them build better organizations too. And so... And we've been doing that for a while together, and I'm really grateful for that. Thanks for listening. As we close this episode, I'm going to use the H word, help. First, help us help you. Do you want to grow in your effectiveness as a worker and a leader? Are you wondering if you're in the right job or career? 
Maybe you'll lead a team and wonder how to make that better. Go to vocacenter.org consult for an easy scheduling link and book your appointment with one of our great coaches today. We are ready to help you. Second, help us help others. This podcast is brought to you by generous donors who change lives by changing work through their investment in VOCA. If you like this content and want to partner with us to reach more workers, donate to VOCA. Go to vocacenter.org give and begin your partnership today. We'll see you next time on the VOCA podcast, where we help you build resilient faith at work.